0: I'm going to say you are God.
1: be with you, just
0: want to be with you.
1: I, I just happened to run across this article, and it comes from the dailywire.com okay. and it's written by a man by the name of Matt Walsh, WALSH. And the title caught my eye, it says, "If Black Lives Matter defund Planned Parenthood and not the police." Exactly. And I thought, wow, that that caught my eye, and I had to read the article. And, And he says that, since we are on the subject of defunding things in order to protect black lives, it seems someone should make the rather obvious and unavoidable point. While defunding the police is sure to kill many more black people than it saves, defunding Planned Parenthood and then abolishing abortion entirely is sure to save many millions of lives, none. Abortion has destroyed over 60 million people in this country since Roe v. Wade. A disproportionate number of the victims are black. Indeed, the black abortion rate is nearly four times higher than the white abortion rate. In some American cities, the situation has gotten so bad that more black babies are aborted than are born. Wow. it is so sad. According to the Pro-Abortion Gutmacher Institute, about 30% of the women who obtain who obtain abortions outside of hospitals are black. And this despite black women accounting for only 13% of women in the United States. Yeah, it's a, it's a form of population control, that's for sure. Doing the math and taking into account the 330. 1,000 abortions Planned Parenthood alone performs every year, it is fair to estimate that Planned Parenthood kills close to 100,000 black people every year. For comparison's sake, the police killed 1,000 people total last year, white, black, armed, and unarmed. Comparing just the number of unarmed black people killed by both groups, the ratio is hundred. to nine, and yet police are the greatest threat to black lives? Those who shout black lives matter must decide what exactly they mean by this slogan, or if they mean anything at all by it. Do black lives matter inherently or conditionally? When you declare that a black man's life matters, do you mean that it matters all the time, in all situations? at all stages because he possesses within himself by his very nature as a human being inherent value? Or do you mean that his life matters subjectively under particular circumstances because it has achieved a certain usefulness and desirability to society? If you mean the latter, then it is perfectly Consistent to support abortion. But the problem is that a life matters in this way, subjectively and conditionally. Doesn't really matter at all, and it can never be a true moral outrage when such a life is taken. Black Lives Matter Conditionally would be perhaps an honest slogan, but not a very effective, inspiring, or moral one. But if you mean that black lives matter inherently, that a black life, like any human life, is in principle and by its nature sacred, then you have made a statement that has certain implications. None of the implications should be frightening to a decent person, but they may be politically inconvenient. If a black life matters inherently, and it certainly does, Then it matters from the first moment that it comes into existence. Any quality or value that is earned or achieved over time is by definition not inherent. So a black life that really matters has always mattered. And that means that a black baby in the womb matters. He matters as much as George Floyd, and he has as much value. There is no such thing as a pro-abortion Black Lives Matter movement, to be pro-abortion is to reject the premise that life inherently matters. It is to see life as a commodity whose value is dependent on various external factors. If this is all you intend to communicate with the slogan, Black Lives Matter, then you shouldn't say it because you don't mean it. But if you do mean it, then welcome to the pro-life movement. We've been waiting for you, and we need your
0: help. Yes, I was thinking too. that's a good statement because their founder, Margaret Sanger, she was, um, she advocated, she's the founder of Planned Parenthood, Mm -hmm. and she advocated for the extermination of African Americans, and she had said, quoted years ago, we do not want the the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population and the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. She wrote, she had so one, she had valued black lives, so she wanted to weed, weed them out.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: also I saw on social media that there was a white lady, she was at an abortion clinic and she had, it was during the George Floyd pl- uh, protest mm-hmm. and she held up a sign and she said many George Floyds will die here today and these people that was protesting, they were African American women, they saw her and they got angry, they got angry they got, they said this so and so got the nerve to put this sign up and they equated that with the death of George Floyd, so they think that that was like, uh, that it was irrelevant, you know, that this was talking about police brutality, It was it's a woman's fundamental right to do right. that. Yeah. But, but the lady, was she, what she said, it was true, because when you take your babies down there, when they take their babies down there, whether it be the man and the female go together or whatever, and you want to do this? That means that they're lying. You're not considering the baby's life. The baby's life doesn't matter. So, so um, I mean, she and then they took the sign away from her and tore it up. You know, but she was right. It, it, it still don't. It still don't take away from the truth that every day many George Flores will go there and die. Innocent. Right.
2: Sanctity of life isn't being taught. As a matter of fact, we become so we have become, I guess, just dull to the fact that life is precious. You know, we used to be sensitive to that, but no more. I know. It's more just age. like
1: you know, where you're listening on TV at wars in other countries. Right. You don't feel it. No. You look at it and you say, "Oh, that's terrible." Right. But if you were in the middle of it. You would you would feel so differently. If right. the war were here in the United States, you would Right, so if it was in your own backyard.
2: And I'm thinking about how we have saints in, in China, Saints in India, uh, in Russia mm-hmm. in Afghanistan, we have all these places where and you'd be surprised in Europe where they are anti Christ. You know, you know, in a sense you don't think of them place like uh, in Europe, say, Norway, places like that. You don't think of them as being anti-Christ, but there's a, there's a strong anti-Christian uh, uh, movement. There's a strong hatred for those who profess uh, Jesus. There's a strong hatred for the name of Jesus. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. and, and then in China, uh, in North Korea, uh, this uh, Kim Jong-un, he actually has set his family up to be worshipped. It's just not that you just can't worship the Lord. You have to worship his family. He set themselves up as God. To me, that reminds me of somebody who's trying to fulfill a prophecy that they, even like when Michael, uh, our angel had to, to fight against the king of Persia. Right. It's like somebody... For Daniel. Right. It's, it's, to me, it's like john was trying to establish a part of the prophecy that doesn't belong to him.
0: Yeah, and another leader, too, his name is... Uh... And, and anything that families try to have like reference the Lord with scripture they, they say you know you don't take, you take that stuff down in your house uh, you put up a picture of me you're t- has a say, terrible terrible, t- he t- he terrible
1: say, problem of poverty,
2: not Jesus Christ yeah a very strong anti-Christ spirit and there are lots of saints who are suffering the world over
1: and there are a lot of a lot of Christian churches in China. A lot right. of Christians in right. China. Right,
2: and, and I'm surprised, even on the uh, continent of Africa, there's I mean, there's persecution of the church, and you don't really he- you hear about it. You know, you don't. They, they keep it under wraps. But we have to pray one for another because, you know, the, these these worldly things get a person uh, sidetracked. You, know, you can, you can, like the Lord said, when the seed fell among the the thorns and the weeds choked out the good fruit. They choked them out. We don't want to get so caught up in the political and uh, I'm not saying that people don't have a political calling, but when it comes to the church, it's our duty to give them the word of God because if they would accept the Lord, we wouldn't have these problems. You know, if they would acknowledge the Lord, we wouldn't be in this type of situation. It's our duty as saints to tell them about deliverance Tell them that salvation is real.
0: Yeah, because people think politics is salvation, but it's not. No. They think politics, if you make the right policy, if you vote the right people in office, it takes care of everything. No, it does not. No. It doesn't guarantee
2: anything. Right, because the heart isn't in the right place. And, and with all the turmoil that was going on around uh, Paul, especially with the Roman Empire, you know, all the things that were happening within the church even then, you didn't see him getting politically involved because that wasn't his calling. And as saints, you know, I, we are to witness the love of the Lord. We are to be living in epistles. We are to tell them, not just in word, but in power. We are to demonstrate that uh, that God is real and that deliverance is is real. But a lot of saints they, and churches, they get caught up in, if it's not the prosperity movement, then it's the political atmosphere. But they fail to bring forward Bring forth the word of God. Now, if you're going to do that, and you stand on God's word, and you begin to tell, but you—they know, can't because they say then you're trying to uh, preach God's word. You're trying to convert people. You're trying to change people. You know, you're trying to influence people with your brand of religion, right? No, right. So, so mm-hmm. what they doing, you're just becoming political. But it's not. It doesn't benefit. It doesn't edify. You know, there's some things I realize. That are done in secret because of the position that a person holds. But for the most part, the church is to stand as an example of deliverance of salvation, not a political movement.
1: But that's what the churches are now. They they substitute salvation for politics. You know, listening to you, I and I can't seem to find that article. I I, I must have left it someplace about. Uh, the area, the the place where George Floyd died mm-hmm. this church came, and, and somebody sent me this article, and I read another article myself, mm-hmm. where this church came to the place where he was, where he died and they started to preach to the people about the Lord, and about salvation, and about healing, and about deliverance, and they set up a uh, area for people to get baptized at that same spot, and uh, they they showed on social media how people were getting baptized and healed. Many people got healed. They, they, you know, they said that uh, got baptized, and and all of a sudden, a person's who was deaf ears were opened up, and I, I don't know. That, that takes a lot of courage to go to that same spot uh, as a church, as a group, and um, preach salvation and the right. truth about, right. about Jesus. Um, I wish I had brought that article. I don't know. I must have mislaid it someplace, but...
2: Um, right, to, pre- to, to preach salvation because if people could, could find...
1: And there's a difference between salvation preaching salvation and social justice. Right, and,
2: right, because uh, Social justice is governed by man's standards. It's not, you know, what people feel to be equitable. But we're, we're talking about when God makes you a new creature, changes you from the inside out, gives you a brand new heart, gives you a brand new conscience, then everything
1: else, peace follows behind And if everybody had that, right? You'd have if peace. Everybody had that. There wouldn't be situations like we see in this world. Right. There wouldn't, there wouldn't be anything. Sometimes when I when
2: I when I'm driving or I'm looking around, I said, just think if that person was saved, if,
1: if everybody
2: in, you, in traffic bumper to bumper, I said, just think if everybody in every car was saved, if everybody was giving their life to the Lord, you know, it, it would be it, the, the feeling of love and peace and unity would be overwhelming. You look at a person on, on the bus stop and that's your brother or sister in the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you meet a total stranger. But you're still connected because that's your brother or sister in the Lord.
1: And so many times, you know, lately, for the the last I don't know, month or so, I just find myself, when I pray for people, I I can see what the Lord meant when he was hanging on the cross and dying, and he said, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Right. And I'm praying for individual people and I ask the Lord to have mercy on, on the people who aren't saved and to them, because they don't get it, they don't understand, forgive them, and especially, you know, especially those that had salvation and backslid, and they tasted what it was like to to be saved, they knew what it was like to be saved, and then they turned around and rejected it, you know, I just, that just hurts my heart. It just hurts me. And I ask the Lord, just please forgive them. They don't understand what they're doing. Open up their eyes and their ears and their understanding. Give it, Open up their heart to you. Right. Uh, I think that's so important. People just, and I know everybody feels like they understand. They get it. They know. They know. I know. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. I know. <laughs> you know. But really, seriously, they don't know. Right. They don't know. They don't know what it's like to be saved. They don't know what it's like to have the Holy Spirit. They don't know what it's like to have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They don't know what it's like.
2: No. And, but, and, and what the Lord is trying to uh, do is reach them so that they will allow the Lord to show them because what well, what i I see is that people reject the truth, and if you reject the truth, you're automatically going to believe the lie it's without fail and then the Lord said, because they reject the truth, he gave them over to delusions, you know strong delusions because they didn't want to accept what he had We don't want people to go that. High. you know a lot of people today they want their
0: truth, but they
2: don't want the truth right, right. they 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 don't want Uh, to see. Lord, it'd be too much. Like, right? You know, he said, "I can open up the eyes, so they could see." But they don't want to see. They want to actually go in their own way. The Lord said, "Well, then I'm going to allow you to do that." But if the Lord allows a person to go in their own way, it is sheer destruction, without a doubt.
1: And when you talk about delusion, I mean, reading this article about this man, what this man wrote. Matt Walsh, what he wrote at Black Lives Matter, defund Planned Parenthood. That's a delusion. I mean, I mean, it's the truth about the police department, and I agree with police being
2: reformed, but not defunded. Right. But,
1: but what about the Planned Parenthood? Black babies are being killed all the time. Right. Right. At greater rates than.
2: Well, uh, well, as far as compared to. Percentage of, of the population, but I mean, but lives, innocent lives, innocent blood is being shed in, in, in record numbers. So you feel like it's in the millions. It's not thousands. It's in the millions. So it's, it's all lives in, in, in that sense. But if people would just stop and cherish life and recognize that it comes from the Lord,
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: too, God is what
0: God is exposing the hypocrisy hypocrisy between these groups like with black lives matter and stuff you know, because you never see you know, they quit to they politicize what, you know, the racial injustice and stuff like that, but like I was reading in uh, Matthew 7 and 3 where he said, and why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but consider it not the being that is in thy own eye or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote of thine eye and behold a beam is still in thy own eyes, as thou hypocrite. First cast a beam out of thy own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mold of thy brother's eye. So and we that the group is quick or those people out there that quit to get at the the uh, police officer. And you know they're getting And him. they could be guilty and those protesting guilty
1: could be guilty of killing a black life True. themselves. Right. And they didn't
2: it's true, or, or any life. See, this—it's just like the the reverence for, for like the love for one another. It's—it's it's just not—it's not there, and it would be hard to have any type of of a, a reform or any type of moving forward if you do it without love. And I'm talking about uh, godly love. I'm talking about the love that the Lord requires us to possess. If you don't have that, then you don't have the resolve that it would take. To withstand like hardship, controversy, it wouldn't be patience, you wouldn't have it. it would, you wouldn't have the, the patience to even want to hear the other person's viewpoint, you just, it just wouldn't be there. So, if, if people would, if the churches would stop instead of carrying billboards, and they would just stop and say, We're gonna go on uh, a fast and we're gonna go consecrate before the Lord, and we're gonna tell the Lord about this so that we can reach the heart of the people. So that the Lord can touch the heart of the people, so that their minds can be changed. Not, not in the law on the book,
0: you know. We had lots of laws on the book come and go. I mean, you, you see it all the time, you know. When Trump get out of office, somebody Biden gets in, he's gonna. It's nothing gonna stand. It's temporary. It's, he's gonna reverse what Trump did. Somebody come next and reverse what Biden did. So it's not nothing gonna be et in stone. Only thing that's really et in stone that's gonna stand that you. And man can't change is the word of God. Right.
2: And once once the person has changed, once God has changed the individual, you know, then you can go forward. Once somebody looks and they say, uh, you know, in love, once somebody is still getting angry and resorting to violence, they resort to the word of God. They tell the Lord about it. Once you have that type of individual and you and that begins to multiply, you can't help but have peace. You, know, you can't help but have uh, a, a where, where people are being
1: treated fairly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Talking about change and defunding Planned Parenthood, defunding the police. You know, I heard a, a I heard a, a little excerpt of, of what the mayor in Saint Paul, Minnesota, said, and he said, if you really want to affect change, instead. he was putting down those that were setting fires to buildings and stuff. He said, do something about it, like run for office. And he went on to say a whole lot. But then I got to thinking, and that's true, if people would just do... Because it happened for the LGBTQ, the gay community, they ran for public office. They ran and infiltrated government offices to affect change that would be favorable toward them. And if people would do that, you know, I, I'm sure that there would be a, a, a bigger change in how police um, oh yeah. would be trained and reformed and, and everything. But anyway, we're out of time. That went by so fast, so uh, we'll have to continue continue next week with some some scriptures.
0: Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from 1 Peter 5 and 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Now, ain't God alright?
1: God is alright. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was because God's loving kindness is better than life, what does it make you do? And the answer is, praise God. And the answer can be found in Psalms 63, verse 3, which reads, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. This week's food for thought is, if a poor man oppresses another poor man, what is he like? hint, the Bible, and that's food for thought.